Genesis chapter 45, Genesis chapter 45 this morning. Thank God for the opportunity to be here. Appreciate it. We're good and hooked in. Amen. She's giving me the green lights on. Where I come from, doesn't matter what color the light is, we're going anyways. Amen. Praise God for His goodness today. Amen. I, haven't you got help in this meeting so far? My soul. Uh, what a God He is to allow us to be in His house, to allow us to be in His presence. None of us deserve to be here. I know me and I know I don't deserve to be here. Saved me at a young age, called me to preach at a young age, and I've watched Him all through my life and kept me from a lot of things. And I look back over all those years and I look where we are and how we get to, and if we're not careful, we'll get the, we'll get the mentality that we somehow deserve to be here, that we, that we're on this, this privilege that we have. But by the grace of God, we are what we are and we, we're here where we are and I'm glad for it. And I'm glad He's going to get us home one of these days. Genesis 45, I've wrestled with the Lord really about preaching this message. I'm nervous about preaching it anywhere. Uh, I want to do my best to be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. And I, I do want to mind Him today. And this is what's on my heart. The Bible says in Genesis 45 verse 1, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years, in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house, ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. There will I nourish thee for yet there are five years of famine lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Let's bow and ask God's help today. Father, in Jesus' name we love you. Thank you for your mercy and your goodness and your grace. Lord, we realize today there's nothing of ourselves that is of any eternal value. We know that we cannot help these people except that you do the helping and except that you do the speaking to the hearts and to the lives. God, we ask that you'd encourage those that are discouraged. Would you deal with the sinners, save them, bring them to yourself. Help us, oh God, to keep our minds on you, our hearts centered on you. And 
And Father, help us to finish in faithfulness one of these glad days that we may be able to look you in the eye with a smile on our face and a song in our heart as you come back to take us home. We love you and we need you. Get the praise and the honor and the glory for it's in Jesus' precious name we ask with much thanksgiving. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing as we've read the word of God together. Genesis 45, you understand by the time that we get to these verses that Joseph has already endured all the wrath of his brethren from Genesis chapter 37 all the way through their horrible decisions. You know he has walked the pathway down to Egypt. He has walked the pathway to Potiphar's house and God has blessed him even though he was alone physically. We know that the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. And as you look in these verses, you come to these verses in Genesis 45 and really they've always puzzled me. The way I study my Bible and the way I look at things is I ask questions to the Lord as I'm looking at things that I don't understand and of course try to read after a good many things like that but as I was looking in these verses a word kept coming up in these few verses and I'm interested in it today and I'm also interested in how in the world could Joseph after all the things that his brethren put him through, after all the darkness and after all the hardship and after all the rough days and long nights and loneliness and difficulty and the forgotten and the forsaken how in the world could Joseph stand there look his brethren in the eye after he's revealed himself to them how could he do that and with a loving heart say come on in how could he stand there and say hey I still love you boys don't be angry with yourselves hey how how in the world? Hey, you say, well, it was you say, well, it was just his character. Yes, but I do want to say this. There was a God in heaven that or look at what your Bible says. He said, For God did send me in verse 7. Hey, and God sent me in verse 8. So it was not you that sent me hither, but God. I think it's pretty evident in these verses that it was God that sent him that direction and it was in order not just for the preservation of the family of Joseph and the future of Joseph but I personally believe had God not allowed him to go through these dark days it would have been to the detriment of his character down the road he had a good by the way you can have a good attitude in this dark and wicked day you can stand and those that may have ripped your heart out in days gone by you can stand still love them. You can still hey, don't you shut the door just yet. There may be a day. There'll be a knock on your door and they're going to need something from your life. So I'm interested in that word he said in verse number 5. In the latter part, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Verse number 7. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth. Of course, that word preserve, it's two different words in this text, but 
in one it means to put it means to set it means to appoint to make determine or establish by God's plan and by God's direction God allowed Joseph to be preserved and I began looking you say what was it that made the difference I don't do illust- I rarely it's been years since I've done an illustrated message so don't laugh at me or it's going to hurt my feelings and I'm going to go outside and cry I'm just kidding but I, I want you to realize something as I looked at that God began to, to bring my mind I'm from the mountains I'm from the country so I got me a jar of double island this is double island's finest black raspberry jelly right here with me my grand came out of my grandfather's garden he was he raised the berries me and my sister helped make this run of jelly I love old stuff I love the nostalgia I love the the old way of making things and doing things because it's so lost and forgotten in our day but I began looking at that place how in the world could God allow Joseph to stand there and say all those things with a heart of love and the, the, the kindness of Christ in him. How could God do it? And it was by this thought, now I'll be done in just a moment. And I want to preach today on this simple thought, the power of preservation. The power of preservation. Think with me for just a little while and I'll be done. Number one, I want you to realize the direction of the Almighty. Think with me for just a moment. You know before that final product, what I have here today is the final product of all the labor and all of that work. But I do want to say before they ever start, there has to be some insulation. You know in that garden, those those vines and those berries, whether it's grapes or whether it's those thistles that grow up to produce the berries, those things are brought up and they are insulated. Can I say Joseph's life was insulated with good things? And I want to say to you today, is not our life insulated with the goodness of God? He's put us in a good place. He saved our soul from a devil's hell and a life of sin. Hey, Joseph's life was insulated with the favor of the Father. He had the smile of his earthly father and his heavenly father. You say, why did why did Jacob favor him so much? I personally believe he was a better boy than the rest of his brethren. You can see that in his attitude. You can see that in his obedience. You can say, hey, God's blessings were on his life. That coat of many colors. By the way, don't be surprised if God doesn't begin to bless your life. You that are sensitive, you that try to walk with him, he always lets it be displayed on the outside. Somehow, is not our life insulated with good things? I think about those vines there in that garden. They're brought up, they're blessed, they've given the rain and the growth and the sunshine and the everything that they need of. I don't know anybody in here today that cannot say that they could look around at their life and they have not been given everything from the hand of God that they have need of. There's the insulation, but can I say this? There's the inspiration in Joseph's life. After that favor of God, you find that God begins to speak to him. Oh, my, my. It's interesting to me when God begins to bless a man's life and when God begins to speak to a man and through a man. Seems like it stirs up the enemy pretty quick. It's amazing to me who gets mad and upset, Brother Fan, when God begins to use somebody. Hey, hey, I've watched it. We might as well be real honest this morning. I've watched it at meetings. I've watched it at churches. God will let the power of God fall on somebody and God will use them or God will bless them. Hey, hey, help me this morning. I've watched God do it and the rest of the crowd will sit there and the brethren will sit there fold-armed and mad because God put his blessing on somebody's life. 
By the way, this isn't a competition. We are cooperators in the things and service of God. God spoke to him and God spoke through him. God gave him insight to things. Those dreams were precious. He told it to his father and mother. They considered it. They didn't understand. Told it to his brethren. They got jealous and mad. They began to conspire again. By the way, God's given us the precious word of God. I'm not waiting for some divine revelation that people are claiming nowadays I've got a complete Bible that works just fine. Hey, when John put down the pen, that's all I need. It's inspired. It's breathed by God and I'm thankful for it. Insulation, inspiration. You know those vines that are in that garden, they begin to grow up with the life that's inside of them. And what happens from that inspiration, they begin to produce fruit. Can I say what happens in the life of you and I that are saved as we let God insulate our lives and provide that inspiration in our lives as it begins to produce that precious fruit of the Spirit in us both the will and the do of His good pleasure. And God brought this to my attention years ago. How else is the world supposed to taste and see that the Lord is good? But by the fruit of the Spirit in my life, I'm telling you something, there's a hungry world out there. They're starving saints and weary pilgrims and they need something from your life. And I'm telling you, it's only going to come by that. There's the inspiration, there's the insulation. But can I say what happens next? After that fruit is brought to maturity, you know what happens next? Then comes the isolation. As in the life of Joseph, you know the story. And I'm just a recap, this is Sunday school for y'all. Oh my that fruit comes to maturity, Brother Jared. And what happens is, is that gardener can either let that fruit hang there and rot on that vine. Or he can take it from that vine. Take it in his own hand. And take it somewhere it's never been before. Hey, hey. There's the, you say, what's happened when that fruit is taken from that vine? What happened? I've watched my grandfather do it. He's an 86-year-old Marine. I don't say ex-Marine because once a Marine, always a Marine. He's an 86-year-old. He's got leather hands and a tender heart. He's got a wearied body from all the years of working and gardening. Hey, doesn't have an elementary school education, can fix anything and work on anything, knows the land. And I've watched him take them big old buckets out there. He'll go out there in the garden. He'll begin to grab those handfuls. Uh, and one at a time, he'll, be, he'll begin to grab the fruit and put it in that bucket. Hey, hey, it's never been that far away from the vine before. But can I say it's never been that close to the gardener before either hey hey I'm glad that God hey, hey it's never known the hand of the gardener yet but God took it and put it in that special place it was alone it was isolated but it's never been that way before There's the, by the way God had a direction before this stuff ever started in Joseph's life he's 17 years old when this thing by the way when God starts allowing the fruit in your life by the way, you know, you know what that plastic and wax fruit looks like? A lot of y'all got it for decoration in your house still. You should have thrown it away when 2,000 rolled around. But anyway, I'm just kidding. Fruit, it looks good as decoration, but it's got a purpose. God's began to working on in Joseph's life, the fruit of Joseph's life and the fruit of your life. There's the direction of the Almighty, but I want to say this. There's the drudgery of being almost gone. 
I pinned down the process that my grandfather uses to produce this jelly right here. And I, began, I found it very interesting in, in accordance with the life of Joseph. In these verses, I want to say first of all, there is the placing that Joseph experienced after he was alone, after the master gardener takes that fruit from the life and begins to take it into the house. Matter of fact, that fruit's never been that close before. And that process, sometimes my grandfather, I've watched him, will have to take it, he'll have to freeze some of those berries for, for a time period. Puts it in a cold, dark place. It's never been that dark before and it's never been that cold before. It was, hey, do you remember what Bible said about Joseph? When they put in his brethren, put him down in that pit, they're waiting and they sell him off. The Bible said the Lord, there was no water in the pit. There was nothing there of good or value of any kind of blessing. But the Lord was with Joseph. He was alone, but God was closer to him and in brighter revelation than he had ever known him before. He was in a pit. Then from there, you know, he is marched down in those chains of iron. They hurt his feet as they marched him off to Potiphar's house. He would be the laborer there in that placing. He would from there be blessed and prosper even in that place. Things were starting to be good. I remember in the process of this jelly making, I've watched as my grandfather will bring those berries seemingly out of the freezer for a little while and he'll put a little water in them. He'll put them on the stove there and he'll turn the heat on just a little bit to get them nice and soft. He'll begin to thaw them out. He'll begin to soften them. The placing that God had. And by the way, don't you think for a moment that each of those places God had not perfectly aligned to work in Joseph exactly what he needed in his life. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The placing of this, but there's the process. After it's time to begin that making of this jelly, what happens is, is they, of course, go on the stove. They're softened and they're warmed up a little bit. The heat begins to turn up. You know what happens in the life? He ends up in Potiphar's house. He is blessed beyond measure. And that wicked woman, Potiphar's wife, cast her eyes upon Joseph. She begins to tempt him, to lure him to that wicked sin, adultery and fornication and those things. And he said, he said, I can't do this thing. He said, I'm not sinning against God like this. You know the story. He left his coat, kept his character and fled, got him out. What a great example that is and thank God for it. We know that God cannot be tempted with sin, neither tempteth he any man and we understand that. But as this awful situation arose, Joseph, the heat was placed in Joseph's life. The heat's turned up on the stove and God as that master gardener, as the one that's trying to produce something in Joseph's life begins to allow the heat to turn up. When things started looking like they were going good, then you know what happens next? He, take, I watch my, he takes them off the stove after they get soft enough to be handled. He takes an old cloth, an old pillowcase, an old something, begins to pour those berries, it seems like just a little bit, down inside of that, holds the pot over the sink. And what he does is, I usually hold the slack at the top. And Brother Nick, what he does is he begins to start wringing it with his hand. He begins to apply pressure and he begins to, and it was weird to sound, it may be morbid or grotesque or whatever, it looks like a harp. 
the tighter he twisted and the harder it goes that dark juice begins to run out of that thing into that pot that basin that's below hey hey and those berries are smaller than they've ever been there's less of them than they've ever been and they're being crushed they've never been that way before Joseph now lied on thrown in prison crushed in his spirit stayed there in that place even though it looked like it was began to be crushed again So I've watched what happens next. There's the placing, the process. There's the purity through pain. And so you know what happens from that point on. He's there in that prison house, forgotten about. But I love this, though. I do believe this. Joseph was proven faithful in in each situation that went down the line. The straining process. You say, I don't know if anything else can come out of me. Can I say something about those berries? I watched my grandfather do it a bunch. Hey, hey, those berries are well and good sitting there and they look real good, but it's not until the master takes his hand and begins to squeeze it and begins to wring it and begins to break it and begins to crush it that the best comes out of those berries. You say, what's God doing? There's something... It's not that we're good in of ourselves. It's what he's put in us. And he's trying to get the best out of you. He's got something in mind that he's trying to do. I'm moving on. I know I'm about done. I'm excited to hear Brother Bailey again. The direction of the Almighty, the drudgery of being almost gone. The pain produced a purity in his life. After my grandfather gets done with that handful in that, what he does is he opens the garbage can. He's got all that he can get out of that. Dumps it right there. You know why? Because he can't use it. God may have to take some things out of us that he can't use. And he does. He takes things out of us and out of our lives that he can't use through these processes. Can I say there's the direction of the Almighty, the drudgery of being almost gone. But that's not the good part. This is the good part. I waited all this morning to get to this. There's the delight of all the ingredients. See, that juice is not the only thing that's sealed in this jar right here. And see, I want to to remind you of something. There's the pleasant outcome. You know what happens as Joseph begins to help people? He helps the butler and the baker. He's there in that prison house. They come to him and and he said, Boys, you know, the Lord, God's given the interpretation. I can tell you what it means. And so he helps them. You know, the baker ends up dying. The butler gets restored back to his position. It's amazing to me. I love that process. I mean, God's blessing him. God's letting him use his gift even in that hard place. You better keep your eyes open because in those hard places, God may open some doors for you to be usable. And so God began to do that in there. But he said, he tells to the butler, he said, remember me when you go back. Make mention of me when you come in front of Pharaoh. Don't leave me in here. He said, it's by false accusation anyways. He said, get me out of here if you can help me. He's still wanting out of there. He's in the perfect placing of God, but he's still desiring in that human aspect. That's just the way it is. The delight of all the ingredients, the pleasant outcome. Pharaoh has a dream at the right time. God allows him to see what is getting ready to come on the land. The famine for seven years, God makes it double, God makes it sure. And so he begins to call and try to get people. And that triggers the response in that butler's mind. And he says, wait a minute. I remember a fellow a couple years ago helped me get back where I am. Maybe he can help you. So they call him up out of there. You know he shaves and changes his garments. They bring him in there before Pharaoh. 
He makes him second in command. He begins to tell the interpretation. He rides in the second chariot. He's given all of these mighty, wonderful things. And I'm interested in this. As I've, I've watched this situation. I've got to keep it in line with this. I've watched my grandfather. After he gets that juice, he'll put it back on the stove. He'll allow the heat to be turned up again again. Those days of being forgotten. He'll allow the heat to be turned up again. And then he'll start collecting those ingredients. You know what he'll do? He'll collect a big old bowl. It's just pretty white stuff. They put it in about everything nowadays. It's called sugar. Praise God. That's why it's so sweet. And there's, some th- there's a thing. They call it sugar gel in the mountains where I'm from. That's what people used to can with. Some of you that have done it before, you know what I'm talking about. And that's the stuff that gives it shelf life. He, by the way, what God does in our life when He is trying to produce something better in us and the power of preservation working in it, you know what He's doing? He begins to collect those ingredients and He he puts in the stuff that's going to help you stand the test of time and He's going to put the stuff that's going to make you sweeter and a whole lot more like Jesus. And I'm telling you, that's the way He does that pleasant outcome. He begins, he, He turns the heat up, it comes to a rolling bowl on that stove. He begins to pour in the ingredients and I've watched him he turns the heat again stirs it till it's all mixed together you may say hey I don't understand why is it all mixed up why was my life so upside my soul it's because he's trying to put some things in you take some things out of you and put you somewhere hey hey I'm getting somewhere the pleasant outcome God allowed some good things some sweet things God gave him a wife God gave him some sweet things God gave him those baby boys Hey, God's made me to forget all my tool. God's made me fruitful in the land. Hey, God had some sweet things. Put some things in him that were going to stand the test. By the way, you know there's some things in you this morning that are not going to stand the test of time. God doesn't take them out of you and begin to put some of that sure gel in you of the scriptures that are going to help you stand the test of time. Knowing he's done it before. Knowing, oh my, the pleasant outcome, the pathway of omnipotence he begins to stand in Genesis 45 to his brethren God sent me before you God sent me God sent me one of these days you'll be able to look back and say God it was God that did it I thought it was this and I thought it was this and I thought it was this disease and I thought it was this situation I thought it was this heartbreak I thought it was this bad oh no but you'll find out one of these days there was an unseen hand that was guiding you through and giving you everything you needed the pathway of omnipotence. Joseph nor any of us here today would have chosen that pathway. But it was God that sent him hither. Can I say this lastly and I'm about finished. There's the posterity that's overgrown. Seventy souls would come to Egypt. They would grow. They would multiply. God would begin to bless. You say what does that have to do with this? For 430 years they would be there in Egypt. You say what does that have to do with this jar jelly? Can I say what, my, what happens, my grandfather, does? Once, it's, once it's poured in there, once it's good and hot and it's liquid, it's soft. By the way, it takes whatever form that it's poured into. Something about the conforming to the image of Christ. Then he takes and seals it in. I don't know why it does it, but he turns them upside down. Till they, I don't know why, he just does that. Keeps that seal hot and gets it on there. You know what happens? A lot of times he'll put, them, he'll put them under the bed or he'll put them somewhere to lay. You'll hear them start clicking and popping, you know, and making sure it's sealed. But see, this jar of jelly, is no, it, it, does, it does itself absolutely no good. It's not good for itself. It's not for itself, Brother Jared. You know what it's for? It's for when we go over to Papa's house. 
And there's a pan of cat head biscuits on the table. And we take the seal off of that thing, crack it open, and start spooning out some of that sweet stuff, some of that good stuff, some of that blessed stuff that helps us down the road of life. All the stuff that's been poured in in days gone by gets poured out for somebody that maybe is a little bit hungry, maybe is a little bit weary, maybe needs a little bit to get them down the road. Hey, that's the power of God's preservation. The sweet things, the sure things, the satisfying things. It, see, this it's never for itself. It's always for somebody else. And by the time this story's over with, Joseph says, boys, go get daddy and bring him down. Bring everybody down in here because Joseph was no longer serving himself. And he had opportunity, he began to serve others. Father, take the word, use it for your glory and for your honor. I love you today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your liberty. God, thank you for so much care that you put into our lives to send us pathways that we may not even understand at times. We love you and we need you today in Jesus' name. Amen. If, uh, 